And welcome to the Real Money Show right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You want to reach out, get a hold of Jeremy, Darren, the rest of the crew. That is simple. Guildhallwealth.com and one eight seven seven eight silver is the number to start investing uh, today. We got a special guest coming on a little later, Jeremy, that in the form of Gregory Manorino. This guy will enlighten you and uh, open your eyes for sure on the world of investing and debt and gold and silver. So make sure you stick around starting in the second segment for that uh, particular piece. Uh, in the meantime, though, what do you got? going on uh, today pal got a busy show yeah so it's been a, a a busy week for precious metals in the fact that uh we had the fomc meeting on wednesday we're taping thursday and basically they went dovish uh we've gone from um quantitative tightening and interest rates rising and the economy is so great and we hmm. you know it's getting hot and we've got to raise interest rates to and we said it on the show john we said they're only going to be able to raise so much before they burst the bubble of their own creation. And uh, we also said that at the end of the day, they're only doing this because they need to put bullets back in the chamber so that when they start having to drop rates again, they've got somewhere to go. Right. Um, they have not paid off their balance sheet, the Fed, as well. So here we are. Uh, they haven't dropped rates yet, but uh, they're certainly starting to talk the idea of dropping rates. And for some reason, the stock market loves the idea <laughs> that the Fed is forced to drop rates, um, which is a signal that things are not that great. And as I've said on the show, as you know, if things are so great, look at the debt. If the debt was coming down, you'd say things are great. Because I, I don't know about you, but if you, know, if you rack up debt and then you start doing better, what's the first thing you do? You You're pay paying off, off the, the debt. debt. Yeah. Right. So um, the Fed decides they're 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 they haven't eased quite yet. They haven't dropped the rate, but their their communication is is aiming in that direction. And so we had a huge, huge jump in gold and silver uh, gold back up above the 1350. This is the resistance level that we have been um, banging our head against this ceiling for years, yeah. um, starting as well, sort of right after the Trump election. And uh, it, we broke through it in a meaningful way yesterday on, uh, on Wednesday. And uh, we even got to as high as 1390. So we'll see where it ends up in the week when, at the end of the week when you're starting to hear this, uh, this program. But getting back above 1350 and blowing through it, uh, is a huge, huge sign for the market. It shows the strength in gold. And uh, even as I talk to my clients, it really doesn't matter if it comes back down, markets move up and down. Uh, the fact is, is it's done it. It's broken through. It's done it convincingly. And of course, it's pulled silver up with it. Silver was uh, meandering below $15 an ounce and boom, now it's uh, into the $15.30, $15.40 range. So great uh, great uh, action in the silver and gold market this week. And I can't wait to talk to Gregory Manorino a little later in the show to find out his opinion of what of what we're seeing as well. You know, the the uh, the people who are just kind of on the outskirts looking in on the price of gold are seeing it go up, and you've been calling it for a long time. It's starting to happen now. But there's some that are going to say, oh, see, I've already missed the boat. That's not true. You still have plenty of time, and you should be getting out there and buying, yes? Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, a $50 move in gold you know, four percent, three percent is is not a, a is not a bubble, um, and in fact, we're nowhere near even the mainstream media calling uh, gold a bubble. What we are looking for, I mean, even last week there was an article in in Bloomberg, uh, another billionaire. We talked about it last week, saying 
hey, gold breaks breaks up through 1400 it could easily move up to 1700 and uh, that's one of his best calls so we're seeing that sort of in the action now no gold has a long long way to go it's so extremely undervalued and one of the ways to understand that value is to look at what it buys you um, a house in Toronto in 1980 you could buy for 200 ounces of gold maybe 250 ounces of gold oh. today it takes you maybe 700 ounces of gold to buy <laughs> a, a median home in in Toronto that tells you either real estate in Toronto is extremely overvalued or gold is extremely undervalued another way to do it is look at the gold Dow ratio um, 1999 it was in the 40 to 1 range right in 2011 when gold peaked it got down to about three to one it meant that three ounces of gold would buy you the Dow which was basically three ounces of gold was buying you close to six thousand uh, points on the Dow it was like six thousand dollars right so and the Dow did get down to about sixty five hundred or seventy five hundred points so we were we were there as well and uh, today, I think it's around uh, 11 to 1, 12 to 1. So there's a lot of room to go when, when gold gets down to 1 to 1 against the Dow, or you can look at, you know, three, 400 ounces of gold buying a property in Toronto. I think we're in a position where gold is now closer to proper value. There should be a safe ratio between gold and silver, should there not? And where is it now? Yeah, this is something that, I mean, you want to talk about market distortions. Right. Um, if you are looking at the mining industry and you can do the research for yourself, it looks like we're actually the historic number was 16 to one, 16 ounces of That's silver it, yeah. for every ounce of gold, but they're actually mining less silver for every ounce of gold at this point. And silver is trading at about the cost of production right now. So, you know, what's the downside risk if you can't pull it out of the ground for, for less than this price. Um, so the ratio typically was 16 to one uh, 80 to 1 would tell you that silver is extremely undervalued against gold. We've seen that ratio even widen further to, to, to around 90 to 1. Mm -hmm. So I suspect as gold is, is sort of leading the charge here, that when silver starts to play catch up, it is going to be an extraordinary ride for those investors who hold silver because it will play catch up in a big way. We've, saw, we've seen it in the past where... You know, silver could have a year where it's up over 70% in a single year. Yeah. Well, you said it's also, and you guys talked about this again for a very long time, it's an industrial metal, meaning that it just doesn't sit in a vault and look pretty or become a ring. It's uh, it's used in so many things, especially as time goes on, more and more silver will be used for a variety of things, right? That increases value. Yeah, it, it is an industrial metal and it's used in anything electronic, anything digital. You think about modern technology, whether it's iPads or the uh, pervasiveness of computers and cell phones to solar power and all of all of or the batteries in, in electric cars, if we're moving into that direction. And so the usages for silver are only increasing. And even if the world economy starts to slow down, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden the middle class isn't looking for for refrigerators and TVs and cell right. phones. And also, if you look at where we were in 1980, you know, China, India, Russia, they weren't involved in these markets. And the companies back then, when silver goes to $50, they had stockpiles. Yeah. Today, these companies don't have stockpiles. Apple doesn't have a stockpile of silver if the price were to go sky high, but it is price. It, it is an inelastic part of the technology. It, you're going to put a quarter ounce in the computer no matter what. 
So if that quarter ounce costs you, you know, four bucks today, but eventually it costs you 50, that's okay. You're going to, you're going to fold it into the price. So I think as more technologies develop, water purification, all of that, all of the medical usages, um, because it naturally absorbs bacteria, the demand from the industrial side is only going to continue. You know, it's funny. I read, uh, it was a complete article, but I read a few months ago, but one, one of the lines that stood out and I thought was interesting. And I, and I kind of thought of you guys on this show and they said, even in the worst economic times, there's three things that nobody will give up their gym membership, their coffee and their cell phone. One of those has got a ton of silver in it. So even at the worst of times, it's still going to be a needed metal, right? I mean, it better not be in your coffee, but it's definitely in your cell phone. Yeah. I, well, listen, I totally agree with you. I think there was something with, um, uh, was it the, the person who created Starbucks? I think that's what they said. I think right. the, they were saying, well, I was looking for something that's recession proof. Yep. Um, we do see that in precious metals. I think ultimately from my personal opinion, and I think if you look at a lot of others in this industry, they'll say you should always hold 10, 15% of precious metals in your portfolio. On the long term, it's always going to be a great hedge against inflation because it is a store of value and it's a very economical store of value. You know, you, you can't hold your money in, in cash. They're printing it all the time. They're going into debt. What's the value of cash, right? I ask people all the time, what, what's the value of the Canadian dollar? They say, oh, it's, it's 130 against the U.S. Mm-hmm. No, no, that's not what I asked. I said, what's the value of the Canadian dollar? Not what its value is relative to someone else's currency. If you don't understand what the value of your currency is, you're in trouble. So that's, a, that's an important thing. And if you see precious metals, you see, oh, gold's gone from you know $200 an ounce to Thirteen fifty in in a little over fifteen years. Those are double digit gains, you know. And in some cases, even if you're only getting eight percent a year on average, uh, you can adjust your portfolio as the market's doing better. Um, stocks start to rise. You you, you know you can always um, manage your precious metal portfolio. But I believe, and so do many others, that you know ten fifteen percent of your net worth in precious metals is always going to be an advantage to you. I'm not an advisor, but uh, that's what we see day to day in this market. You know, uh, Jeremy, coming up here in the second segment, we mentioned it off the top, really looking forward to this. Uh, Gregory Manorino, this guy has got something to say. I just hope we can, uh, you know, get a, get a lasso around him and, and calm him down because it's going to be a really interesting segment, right? Yeah, I, I follow him exclusively on, on his YouTube channel because it's so easy. He talks for about you know, anywhere from five to 10 minutes at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day. So I don't catch every single episode, but uh, when he starts to talk, especially about the bond market, um, he's really helped me personally understand how the debt market works. Um, talking about the Fed, he called he called the that uh, yesterday's FOMC meeting that they're not going to lower them, but they're going to talk about it. And he thinks that they're going to lower them in July. So I really like Gregory Manorino. He really cuts through the BS of the market. And if you follow him for a little bit of time, you'll find out why we all love him here at Guildhall. Um, so we're going to talk about some of the greatest trades on earth, why we're in the bubble to end all bubbles, why the Fed is about to go nuclear. And we're going to find out why the 10-year yield matters and why, you know, why should we be even looking at the 10-year yield at this point. So um, this is all 
going to benefit anybody who's in the investment field and or in investments in the market, and especially for those who are considering precious metals. You're looking to hold physical precious metals in a registered account. With Guildhall, you can do exactly that. Hold physical gold and silver in your RSP, TFSA, Lira, LIF, RIF, and even RESP for that matter. What makes this so unique is that your precious metal products are fully allocated and segregated, and you receive your very own itemized inventory report. In fact, you can even go to the vault personally, audit your holdings. That's right, physically hold your registered investments in your own hands. It's really really quite uh, cool and unique. There's more though. Open your account today and receive one gram of gold for every $5,000 US invested, up to 10 grams. That's over $500 worth of gold in your pocket. To learn more about holding physical gold and silver in your registered account, go to getyourfreegold.ca. Again, that's getyourfreegold.ca. Stay tuned. All the Real Money Show, lots more of it on the way. We'll be right back right here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. And welcome back to Real Money Show. You'll want to reach out, guildhallwealth.com. You should know that website by now. The number, write it down if you don't already have that as well, one eight seven seven eight silver He's known as the Robin Hood of Wall Street. He's got a YouTube channel, does updates twice a day about investing and where you should be. He's got a lot of knowledge, and he's also got a website, traderschoice.net. Gregory Manorino is with us here on The Real Money Show. Jeremy. Gregory Manorino, thank you so much for joining us once again on The Real Money Show. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, pleasure. Um, so a lot of things that you've been discussing on your YouTube blogs, and um, you know, we've let everyone know how to, how to reach you, and we'll do that again. But uh, one of the things that you talk about um, time immemorial is the bond market. And I was hoping you could explain to our listeners why the 10-year is so important and mm-hmm. why is there a sell-off right now? Well, let's, let's put the bond market into perspective. What most people don't understand is that every single asset, every one that is priced in reality, I'm not talking about the distorted prices with regard to precious metals that derive value from a derivative, which is another thing we might want to talk about, but everything derives value from what's happening in the debt market. So I watch the debt market before I even look at the stock market. I look at what the what the yield curve is doing. We have no yield curve right now. The the 10-year yield right now is well first of all, 10-year yield is the benchmark. In other words, this is where um mortgages even get their um their value from. Everything derives value from the 10-year. It's kind of the I don't know, like I said, it's the benchmark here. So gauging on what the 10-year yield is doing, um, and the longer end of the curve, I mean, we can go out to the 30-year, the fact that um, these yields are dropping historically has proven to be a harbinger of bad uh, economic news. Now, this is why it's so important to watch, and you can kind of gauge what's going to happen by what's going on here. I mean, just for example... Uh, with the Federal Reserve, um, a lot of people were saying, oh, we're going to get a rate cut. And the morning of the Federal Reserve announcement, um, you know, we had a sell-off in the bond market and the 10-year yield was rising. That told me that I was correct on my call, which was the Fed would not cut rates uh, uh, that day, yesterday. Mix it in post. And, you know, the 
that, that it's a big tell to me. So what we're seeing now, now that the groundwork has been set, that there is going to be a cut coming, what happened? Well, the 10-year yield last night dropped below 2%. Started off the day 2.09. After the Fed announcement, it dropped to 2.03 in the blink of an eye. We dropped under 2% last night. This is the groundwork for what's coming down the pike. And I, and I believe will central banks are about to go, quote-unquote, nuclear. They have no choice but to continue to expand the debt to uh, levels that we can't even believe yet, prop everything up, rob savers blind. Um, you know, it's it's a terrible mechanism, but that's where we are right now. And if that means they're going to incite us into a new war, look what they're doing to crude oil. They're propping up crude oil by jawboning, um, you know, a possible military strike here after this drone shoot down. Uh, I told everyone this was going to happen. It was kind of crazy. I don't have a crystal ball. But the truth of the matter is, most of my calls, by and large, are are spot on. I do scare myself at times. <laughs> and uh, you mentioned jawboning the price of oil, and I think you're you're right. I, they didn't have to drop rates because all they had to do was jawbone that. Okay, we're going to capitulate. Looks like we're gonna, you know, we'll we'll we're no longer patient about the market. Most likely, we'll do it later. Is is essentially what it boils down to. And so they they talked dropping rates, and the market loves it. Everything's upside down now. The market actually loves getting the methadone treatments that they're receiving. Well, that's all, that's all and, keeping it alive. It's the methadone and, treatment. It's the drug. That's it. Uh, what The disconnect between the economy and the markets is going to continue to get greater and greater and greater. No doubt about it. I don't think we've seen anything yet. It was interesting how the Fed set this all up with the ECB, the European Central Bank, coming out the day before, Mario Draghi. It's like, yeah, rate cuts are coming here too, more easing, more easy money. So it was a setup between the world's central banks. So the Fed did not have to act. So the message is very clear to the markets that, hey, you know, we're going to do whatever it takes to prop this all up. Don't worry about it. We got your back. And subsequently, we started out with a monster rally on Wall Street today. Um, uh, stocks opened at record highs. Yesterday, I told people stocks were going to hit record highs and soon. And guess what? The next day, boom, record highs. And then the stock, stock market did give back some on um, President Trump's threat that Iran was going to pay for what they did. Now it seems like he's walked, it, he's walked that back a little bit. Now, he's, uh, as a matter of fact, he was just on live TV. He, he believes it might have been an accident. So he's giving Iran an out either to apologize or whatever it might be. I just think it's more of a mechanism to keep crude oil propped up. It was up over 6% today alone. They prop up crude oil. It pulls the whole energy sector higher, pulls the financial sector higher. The whole stock market responds in a positive way, and that's, that's the desired effect. It works. It's a mechanism and that works, and it's, you know, it's incredible. It really is. And something else that you've talked about a lot um, is the bubble to end all bubbles. Can you explain to our listeners what you mean by that? Sure. Well, they're, they're hyperinflating this debt bubble. It's the most monumental, monstrous monster in the history of the world, and, and they're going to continue to inflate it and until we hit that wall, until we can't borrow anymore. We have a debt-based economic model, as you are well aware. It demands that cash be borrowed into existence in greater and greater amounts. It can't stop. That's why we cannot have a balanced budget. That's why right now here in the United States, our government is resorting to emergency measures just to pay our bills. Uh, most people aren't even aware of that, but that is what's going on right now. Um, once we lose that ability to continue to borrow anymore, and this is why they're so desperate to keep rates suppressed, to keep the – it's a Ponzi scheme. To, to keep the Ponzi scheme going, uh, at one point, it's going to stop when we max out. Now, what they're going to do – 
what they're going to attempt to do, and I outlined this years ago, they're going to go, I think we're going to get negative rates here in the United States. The groundwork is being set up for that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, interest rate suppression to the nth degree, money printing to the nth degree, adding digits to a screen to the nth degree, and that's going to dilute the dollar. It's going to dilute the dollar. And the only reason why we're not seeing massive inflation right now is because the money velocity is at historic lows. The rate at which cash is moving through our economy is at historic lows. You cannot have recovery or a boom without cash moving through our economy. No one wants to talk about it. I haven't heard our president mention this once. He won't. He won't talk about the debt market. All he's going to do is tout the stock market. Economy is in free fall. The United States economy, along with the rest of the world, is in free fall. Will central banks are the buyers and lenders of last resort. And um, we're watching a systematic elimination of the middle class who's paying for everything, is being forced to subsidize the stock market by being robbed blind because they're not being paid interest on their accounts, an interest earning account that even keeps up the actual rate of inflation. It's grand theft on an unimaginable scale. This is a a great point. I'd like to stay on that for just a moment longer because you talk about uh, the middle class being eroded in a big, big way. So I was wondering if you can just expand on that just a little bit more. I know you just kind of mentioned it about the, the debt and the low interest and forcing people into stock markets, but why is it that you think the the middle class is, uh, their fate is not good? Let's put it that way. Well, right now, the middle, we don't even really have a middle class in this country anymore. We have household debt and consumer debt at record highs. This is not the middle class that was the middle class, we have, which have to live paycheck to paycheck and continuing to borrow just to sustain where they are. One in four Americans today are borrowing from their credit cards just to make ends meet. That is disgusting in my view. And again, the middle class has been robbed of trillions of dollars in interest payments that they would have received if we had a, a normal um, yield curve. If we did, weren't having suppressed rates right now, people with an interest-earning account would have, collectively, the American people, trillions of dollars more in wealth. But instead, the middle class, by being robbed blind of that money, has opened a doorway for cash to flow into the stock market, make the rich richer. Of course, yeah, members of the middle class who do have 401k plans and stuff, they're getting richer too. But it's always the same scenario. They inflate the bubbles and they deflate these bubbles. And the, the members of the middle class who are looking at their 401k plans plan saying, wow, look at the value of my investments or look at the value of my home, well, they're going to face the same moment, much, much worse, than 2008 because they're, they're going to be the last people out the door. They're considered the dumb Money. The smart money always exits first. And it's all going to start in the debt market. I mean, watch the 10-year yield like we started this whole thing off. At one particular time, no investor in their right mind would want to hold, let's say, a long-term debt unit that's yielding much less than a short-term debt unit. So what's going to happen? You're going to get an exodus from the debt market. The debt market is going to implode at one point, and you're going to get a snapback where yields spike on their own as the debt market sells off. As the debt market sells off, we're going to get a reverse effect on the stock market. Stocks will plunge, and cash is simply going to look for places to go. It's going to go into suppressed assets. It's not going to go to money heaven. It's going to go into other people's pockets. It's going to go into gold. It's going to go into silver. It's going to go into other commodities, crude oil, all this stuff, all tangible things. That's what's going to happen. And most people have no idea of this. They, um, they, they do believe that this is a never-ending cycle. You know, markets are not allowed to correct anymore. There's no, no resemblance whatsoever 
of a free market or a free market economy here in America. It's all being socialized. People are worried about socialism. Well, open your eyes. We have it now. We're subsidizing everything in the United States, including big oil, including farm, uh, big pharma. Uh, people have no idea of these things because they're not being told. They're all being kept in the dark. So it's a grand illusion, this entire thing that is being propped up on the back of exploding debts and deficits, like I've been telling people since time immemorial, and it's not going to stop until we hit the wall. And then when we hit that wall, we're going to look back and say, literally, my God, what have we done? Uh, but again, this has been a grand plan since, since the get-go. World Central Bank's never had a plan to un unwind this. When they took over the markets, and that's what they did in 2008, when they decided with, to institute quantitative easing, one, which they had to do, in my view, to unfreeze the credit markets, because that, mm -hmm. that was the big deal why they did that. But they should have stopped. Once credit started to flow or cash started to flow, they should have stopped. But they said, hey, hold on a second. Let's use this as an opportunity to reinflate the housing bubble, get those toxic assets that we just bought. Off, you know, all the people that got thrown out into the streets here. Let's take that all the backs off the backs of the banks. It's reinflated housing bubble. Those toxic assets are now worth a lot of cash, uh, and then uh, let's reinflate a stock market bubble as well. And then we'll give this an opportunity to reverse this whole thing at one point and transfer all the wealth that has been built up in this market from the from whatever's left of the middle class to the upper echelon of society. Poof, there we go. Middle class gone, two-tier society. Greg, hold that thought for just a second. We have to take a quick break, and we'll be right back to the interview. Jeremy, the guy's scaring me. He's, I mean, he's talking about debt. He's talking about all kinds of stuff. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable how he can tie it all together and seize everything uh, from, from a, a, a good distant view. Um, it is pretty remarkable how those debts have added up and where we're going to go from here with what the central banks have planned. So I'm ready to hear what he has to say next about um, how these bubbles are going to end and, of course, what his opinion is on uh, precious metals like gold and silver. We'll do that. So, uh, so stick around. The number to get a hold of, uh, by the way, Jeremy and the rest of the crew, simple one eight seven seven eight silver It's guildhallwealth.com. You're looking to hold physical precious metals in a registered account. With uh, Guildhall, you can do exactly that. Hold physical gold and silver in your RSP. You got your TFSA, uh, Lira, LIF, RIF, and even RESP. What makes this so unique is that your precious metals products are, are fully allocated and segregated, and you receive your very own itemized inventory report. In fact, you can even go to the vault to personally audit your holdings. That's right. Physically hold your registered investments in your hand. It's really cool. There's more, though. Open your account today and receive one gram of gold for every $5,000 U.S. invested up to 10 grams. That's over $500 worth of gold in your pocket. To learn more about holding physical gold and silver in your registered account, go to getyourfreegold.ca. That's getyourfreegold.ca. Stay tuned. Real Money Show will be right back right here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. And back to the Real Money Show. You'll want to reach out, by the way, one eight seven seven eight silver guildhallwealthcom We're going to pick it up and continue our interview here with Gregory Manorino. Uh, Jeremy, talking about gold and silver, where the price is going, how it's going to get there. Greg, uh, lots more of that stuff coming up. Take it away. I was just reading an article that talked about uh, Bernanke in the Depression. He, he, you know, he researched it and said, oh, the Fed didn't do enough. And then this time around, the Fed did everything possible and it's like you did too much thank you very much um you you talk about gold and silver 
being some of the greatest trades. You just mentioned it there. Uh, money is going to go into undervalued assets because obviously maybe the stock market will be coming down. No one wants to be in the debt market. Um, can you talk a little bit more about why those um, assets like gold, silver, oil you mentioned are, in your opinion, the greatest trades ever? And then maybe a little bit on um, something that you mentioned right off the top, which was that they're deriving their value from a derivative, which is an mm -hmm. interesting thing. Well, that's that's what's doing. That's how it works right now. It's an incredible situation. You know, I trade equity derivatives, basically stock derivatives, ETFs, exchange traded funds. Basically, what happens when, when I'm when I'm buying an option, a, a call or a put, that's that option is deriving value from the underlying asset. For example, let's say Apple stock. Let's say I'm buying calls on Apple stock. Calls a derivative of Apple stock. So the the call price is getting value from what the underlying stock is doing. With regard to precious metals, it's completely flipped. The hard asset is deriving value from the derivative market. It's an incredible situation. It really is. But this is how they're able to rig it. This is how they're able to dump huge amounts of paper onto the market um, to keep the price artificially suppressed. It's not real. There's no real price discovery mechanism with regard to the hard assets because they're deriving value from the derivative. And we've been seeing this go on for many, many years. Um, I mean, in reality, if, if it were flipped the right way and the hard asset was actually setting price, could you only imagine what, what it would be? Exponentially higher. But they, they won't allow it to happen. They, they are deliberately suppressing the prices, I think, personally, because countries around the world are acquiring this. The richest people around the world are acquiring these assets. I'm acquiring this stuff for many, many years at unbelievably suppressed prices because I'm thinking long term. So at one point, again, right now, the trade is risk on, risk on, risk on. Um, that means cash is pouring into the market, but it's going to flip. It's going to flip at one particular point. It's going to become risk off in a big, big way. I don't know when it's going to happen. Who knows when? I mean, we should have been here many, many years ago. But the fact of the matter is, with world central banks running the entire show collectively, they're not working independent of one another. Every one of these central banks, they all talk to each other. They're all owned by the same entities, and they're playing the same game. And it's not one that's for the people. The people are about to face a fleecing, the likes of which they have never seen before. It's going to make any, every other meltdown prior to it look like a walk in the park. And only because these distortions are so much greater and the debt is so much bigger, our deficits continue to explode. And all they're doing is printing cash out of thin air, adding it to a digital screen. I want people to go to the Federal Reserve's own website and, and look up how much Currency is actually in circulation. It's incredible. There's $1.7 trillion of printed money that exists on Earth. All the rest of it isn't real. It exists in digital form. It's not on the elemental chart. It doesn't exist. It's fairy dust. Um, all the, the, the debt, the derivatives of debt, the quadrillions of associated dollar-denominated uh, debt derivatives, um, it, it's not real. It's all fake, and it's all propped up. And it's the nature of the debt-based economic model. In order to fix the situation, they need to fix the monetary system, which they won't do. Um, World Central Bank's power exists in their ability to continue to print epic sums out of thin air. This is how we can continue to fight uh, endless wars as well. So they will never give up this power. They will kill 
whoever they got to kill, they got to wipe out an entire population, they'll do that um, just to keep the petrodollar system functioning. And uh, it's a a twisted thing. But that's where we're at right now. But we have to follow the smart money, become your own central bank, and Mm -hmm. make sure you're taking care of yourself, which is having assets outside the banking system so that you're not the one being fleeced. Sounds reasonable to me. You you just summed it up in one sentence. Gregory Manorino, (laughs) listen, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, I know I am going to be listening to your comments here um, again and again because it was packed. And um, we're going to let our listeners know how they can find you. Um, We did that earlier today, but uh, we'll do that. And uh, we'll get some people going to your YouTube and checking that out as well as your website. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you. I hope to speak to you soon. We will. Okay. Once again, got to thank Gregory Manorino for uh, for his time. Again, it is TradersChoice.net. We know him as the Robin Hood of Wall Street. Jeremy, that's really. I mean, it's 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 super interesting, but it's 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 also really really scary what he's saying about how it's going to dwarf and make two thousand eight look like a you know a dog and pony show. Yeah, you know, um, I I follow him a lot, and actually, so do our our investors at Guildhall. Right. Um, usually when someone is sending me something, <laughs> a lot of times it's something that he's done because he does these five to eight minute clips on YouTube every right. day at the beginning of the trading and at the end of trading. And he's studying these markets like crazy. And he just looks through, the, he just goes through all the, cuts through all the BS. And he saw this uh, Fed going dovish. Uh, he called it. And um, he sees where the debt market's going, and, and he, you know, he really follows from what the debt debt market is doing, and it's got my eye on to the debt market for sure. And this idea that as the debt market sells off, the interest rates on those are going to rise. But who would hold a who would hold a debt instrument ten thirty years out if you can get a better interest today for one year? Imagine that on a GIC, right? So, um, but more debt coming more quantitative easing, lower rates, anything they can do to prop up uh, this market. And, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like an episode, at, or it's kind of like the movie Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> Ultimately, it all comes down to how are you going to protect yourself against all of this money being printed? And what happens if it does move over to the other side? We saw what happened uh, to Greece, right? right? When all of a sudden, that's it. No more. We can't handle any more debt. We're not going to get any more debt. Who's going to pay for all this debt? Well, it's going to be you, right? So we all know that, uh, you know, that kind of uh, melody of uh, hands in your pocket. It, this is where we're headed. And so you have to have something outside of these markets, something outside the banking system that is a store of wealth. And precious metals are that store of wealth. And of course, we've seen uh, as the Fed goes dovish, metals are rising. You know, it's really interesting because, you know, you and I talked about uh, during the first break there that, you know, Gerald Salente, you've had him on several times. He lays it down pretty thick. But this guy, I mean, he's just saying that everybody's still going to be kept in the dark no matter what kind of move you make on a, on a little household uh, size income and what you've got invested. You really don't know the general, you know, the rank and file don't know what's going on and what's coming sooner than later, it sounds like, from him. Yeah, and you know, I, I was uh, talking with um, my brother-in-law and a friend of our family on or last weekend, and you know, these guys are in their late twenties, and they know what's going on. <sighs> and uh, one of them works for one of these pretty good institutions, and he was saying, "Yeah, they, they are insiders, and everyone else is going to be the absolute last to know." You know, it's interesting. He was mentioning how precious metals derive their value from a derivative. What do you think about that? 
Yeah, I think he's he's one of those guys who's who's been able to sum that up in a very easy, simple way, which is to say that a derivative is not the actual asset, and it's the paper market, the derivative market, that is pushing the price of precious metals around. Now, um, you we've seen it in the market. They dump a billion dollars worth of paper, and the market moves a little bit and it seems that it doesn't matter how much they push the paper pushes against this physical world that the market isn't really moving in fact if you look at gold over the last year um, every time it gets pushed it keeps coming back i kind of think of it like uh, the rocky balboa of, inve of investments and assets because it seems every time it gets a big punch it's somehow making gold stronger yeah. and we've seen of course gold break above uh, 1350 and in fact uh, yesterday uh, we're taping on Thursday so on Wednesday it actually got up to 1390 so this is a really strong market in that sense and you can only use paper to create value for so long and that is what's making this market undervalued that's why the opportunity is there for those that recognize how undervalued precious metals are, that this game is going to end. And when it does, when these assets find real market value, it's going to be stunning to watch. We'll uh, take a short break there, brother, and get right back to it. You want to reach out, get a hold of Jeremy, start investing, and the rest of the guys as well. It's very simple. It's guildhallwealth.com. And the number, as always, one eight seven seven eight silver Lots more Real Money Show is coming up. Guildhallpreciousmetals.com. It's Guildhall's e-store, and it's the easiest way to buy physical precious metals. Shop for all the finest precious metals, bullion coins and bars. Choose from select global brands, all at competitive prices. With guildhallpreciousmetals.com, you can order precious metals from the comfort of your home or go or on the go as well and receive fast and discreet shipping arriving right at your door anywhere in Canada. Your packages are insured and Guildhall provides tracking number uh, tracking numbers. And here's uh, here's something else. The store is open from 7 a.m. to midnight so you can book your order when it's convenient for you. How cool is that? Uh, that's guildhallpreciousmetals.com guildhallpreciousmetals.com and start stacking today. Stay tuned. Real Money Show will be right back right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And back with more Real Money Show. Get involved. Get investing. Guildhallwealth.com. one silver is the number you want to have. Write down and keep. You want to get a hold of the guys uh, at the shop and start investing in all the different ways you can do that, including the e-store. So make sure you do your research and get involved in that uh, particular fashion. Uh, an article. We, I found everything you are being told about saving and investing is wrong, Jeremy. This article was uh, a bit of an eye-opener. Let's talk about it for a bit. What do you say? Yeah, sure. Um, uh, thank you for sending that over. This was uh, authored by Lance Roberts at realinvestmentadvice.com. Such an interesting, simple sort of way to look at the markets and say, well, wait a minute. I, I thought this was, you know, we go off of these ideas that things are a certain way. And you look a little deeper and you go, oh, wait a minute. It, it doesn't really work that way, does it? So, you know, one of the first things that, that he talked about in that article is that personal debt it right now is filling the gap. And, and what does that mean? Yeah. He talks about that. He says, the gap between the standard of living and real disposable incomes is clearly shown below. He has this chart. Um, we'll put it into our newsletter. Uh, if you listen to this podcast uh, through our, through our uh, website 
Uh, you'll have a link to that art this article as well, so you can see that. I uh, said beginning in 1990, incomes alone incomes alone were no longer able to meet the standard of living, so consumers turned to debt to fill the gap. I think that's something that a lot of people can can understand. It's sort of universal this idea that wait a minute, I haven't had a raise in so in so long, right. but uh, it costs more to fix my car. It costs more to uh, heat my home. It costs more to to, to buy groceries to yeah. go out for, to go out for for dinner. It's like whoa, not that I'm against twenty percent tipping, but oh, I'm tipping on top of taxes, and then they raise the they raise the taxes on the on gas and whatnot. Yeah. So you kind of say well. How am I gonna fill? How am I gonna fill the gap on that? Well, I'll put this on my credit card, and Yeesh. we'll pay it off. We'll yeah. pay it off later, right? So, um, so he goes on to say that. However, following the financial crisis, even the combined levels of income and debt no longer fill the gap. So he's saying that uh, basically, the amount of debt that's filling the gap is growing. Wow. Now, I think in Canada, I think a lot of people are filling that gap with the equity from their home. And, and that makes sense. You know, look, it's the one thing that's doing really well. Why not use it? Right. But right. what's the what, what's the consequence? What if the market does go down and, you know, you're borrowing against equity? It's not yours until you sell the home. Right. So there can be some some challenges there. And I think um, I, I think in that regard, people don't think ahead, you know, 20, 30 years when they think, you know, I'm going to turn around and sell my home. Oh, yeah, right. I borrowed 300000 against my house. It's not worth what I thought it would be. It's not that nest egg that I had planned because I needed the money back then, right? Well, I think this feeds into the third thing he was talking about, which is that a million dollars sounds like a lot. No kidding. And it once was a lot, but it's not. In fact, it doesn't cut it anymore. So if you think about 1980... Um, you know, a million dollars at 10% interest, you were getting a hundred thousand dollars a year nice. to have a million dollars in the bank. Mm -hmm. Now, back then, you know, people were probably making, <laughs> making $30,000 a year, 40,000, yeah. as opposed to today where you need to be making 150 to have that same right. sort of lifestyle. Um, you know, it, take the iPhone away or not. Um, but today, you know, you're getting like $30,000 off your million. So he, he actually shows this article, uh, this chart later on where he's saying, uh, I hope I get it right. It was like, if you're making $100,000 today, you're going to need $174,000 in the future. So he's really taking into account, um, you know, real world inflation. And I can see that, you know, I, I, I don't know. Do you have an RESP for your daughter? I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I have an RESP and, um, you know, I'm looking at it and I'm saying, okay, um, Tuition yep. forty thousand today, but in twenty years, exactly, it's gonna be it's gonna be a scratch. It's the gonna surface. be like a hundred and fifty thousand yep. probably. So I'm thinking about how much you have to put in today to be able to make that interest to to gain it for later on, and it is a it is a steep curve to be able to to cover all that. And at the end of the day, you're not. It's one of the reasons why I love precious metals because even in the last few down years. In precious metals, as people think it is, but gold has has quietly been earning an average of six seven percent right. Canadian dollars, and we've been consolidating. We haven't been on a tear. Now we just started to get that move, and we think that with with more easing coming from the Fed and their dovish talk, that 
you, they print more money and go into more debt and the U.S. dollar starts to go down, you're going to see, see those gains improve rapidly. So um, that's why I think we're talking about this this article essentially is just the idea of you got to understand real world inflation. You have to understand where we're going to be in 20 years, where you are now. Are you cutting it? What are you going to do about your portfolio that's going to help you to get there? And I know from personal experience and from my clients' experience and you know, the studying this market for over a decade, that precious metals are a great way to hedge against inflation because it's not 2% that we're trying to beat. Right. You really got to be beating 6 7% in order to keep up with the money that you've earned. You know, people put money into a pension. They put a whole loaf of bread into a, into a pension, and they're lucky if they get a couple slices back. How do you ensure that you're going to get your inflation rebate? That's where the precious metals come in. So this is a great article to, to look at, to think about those things. It is. It, you know, it makes me think, too, that you know, on one of these shows, you know, we should really you know, make it focused for kids who are, who are getting into junior high and high school. Because unlike you and Darren and your crew, kids today, unfortunately, in school are not being taught this stuff that you preach really every weekend on The Real Money Show. And they need to know about this stuff. And they don't even know what gold and silver is. They just don't, and they should be taught about this now in school because they're going to be a, in a whole heap of doo-doo when they turn to be 40 and 50 years old and they spent their life just traveling and living for the now, right? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I want to give them a little more credit than that. I think mm -hmm. they're, they're becoming pretty financial savvy. But you know, going back to when I was in high school, I read The Wealthy Barber. Yeah. He talked about compound interest, and this article talks about that. It says, right. yeah, it's great unless the market goes down and then the compound interest goes out the window. Um, we're not in those times where interest rates are five, six, seven percent, and we can count on that. We're in a completely different era of, of monetary experimentation, and we have to be prepared for if those experiments fail. Uh, you know, advice from the past doesn't work anymore. Right. Another article uh, you uh, you talked about you sent over was eight reasons. Uh, eight. Uh, pardon me. Eight reasons gold mania is about to begin. Huge gold mania. You wanted to focus on four of those specifically, right? Yeah, and they're more just a review for our listeners. Yep. Um, we see a lot of these lists come out. Um, you know, we, we always have Darren uh, giving these lists. And I just wanted to focus quickly, very quickly, on four of them that uh, that they give. And this is from um, internationalman.com. And again, we'll have this in our newsletter and up on our, our blog, uh, guildhallwealth.com, if, okay. if you're catching the show there. First one, Basel III makes gold and... Uh, comes back into the monetary system once again. So gold is money now. And that came into effect this year. It means that gold is a tier one asset. If you're holding that as part of your assets at the bank, you're much more solvent than if you don't. And this is part of the reason why number two, central banks are buying it in record amounts. Now, at the same time that central banks are buying gold, and they've been net buyers since 2008, after the crisis, I said, whoa, whoa, parties, <sighs> fiat currency parties over, we need to buy gold to hedge against what, what could come down the pipe here, which is debts balloon to, where, to, to forever, uh, currencies' uh, values go down uh, precipitously, how do we hedge against that, how do we maintain our sovereignty? You own the asset of last resort, which is trustworthy. Yeah. It's been around for thousands of years. You own gold. So they're owning gold and dumping treasuries, a lot of these central banks. 
The third one, very quick, is again, uh, China launched the um, oil gold exchange. So you can buy oil in gold, or if you're selling oil, you get gold in return. Um, so this is a, a huge thing for bringing gold back into the monetary sphere in the fact that you can use gold for that as opposed to just US dollars. So that, that's a huge one. And then the last, which is very topical of the of the week, the Fed's dramatic capitulation, right? Flipping from tightening to easing. Hmm. Oh my gosh, that happened in basically less than a year. And I can remember having interviews with, you know, Daniel DiMartino Booth, even even uh, Gregory Manorino or Gerald Salente. We talked about all of this. They're raising rates. Are they crazy? And here we are a year later. Everyone's talking about the fact that they're probably going to be dropping rates come come July. And what's the effect going to have on the stock market? Well, instantly, the stock market's going to love it because they see free money. They don't see there's a problem in the economy. They just see free money. So um, that's great for the short term. But where does it go long term? This is, again, one of the reasons you have to look at hard assets. Things like precious metals, they've done fantastically well over the last decade and a half. We think that right now they are one of the most undervalued assets out there. And you want to be counterintuitive here. You want to think about things that are low, not things that are high. And following that that type of narrative, you want to think the, the narrative of, well, let's just follow along with the crowd because it just keeps going up. Let's start being defensive here. Let's start looking for things that are actually undervalued because when the stock market comes crashing as Gregory Manorino mentioned today, or the bop, dot bubble, uh, sorry, the debt bubble bursts, mm -hmm. money's going to go somewhere. And so it is better to be a month early than a day late in the precious metals market, as even this last week showed where, you know, gold is up over $50. $50. You know, we still got about a minute or two before we wrap here, brother. Uh, I think that kind of transfers over and, and dovetails nicely with diamonds as well, right? Yeah, you know, natural fancy colored diamonds is, is another form of hard asset that people want to look to to protect wealth, protect and grow wealth. And so one of the things we do at, at Guildhall is we're always looking for really high quality natural fancy colored diamonds. The pink diamond market has been uh, very healthy. You could say it's, it's almost on fire at this point with the Argyle mine closing soon. But don't underestimate the, the yellow diamonds as well. And you want to make sure that you're looking for the highest, highest quality, which is what we do at Guildhall, because if you get the highest quality diamond, it is rare. It's as simple as that. If you get an internally flawless diamond versus an included diamond, that's rare. And if it's rare, it's more valuable. It will go up in value as well. So the colored diamond market is something we've been involved in for well over a decade. We've seen great returns. We always are looking to acquire investment-grade diamonds. We buy those diamonds, so we invest in them ourselves, and then the public can partake in acquiring something from the collection. So we stand behind what we do. We're passionate about what we do. And it's something that, hey, look, we were talking about RESPs. Yep. You have a 20, you have a, uh, let's say an 18 year, 15 year timeline, a natural fancy colored diamond can definitely do that job for you. Or if you're looking at retirement 20 years from now, anything that's going to beat inflation and some of these diamonds do much, be much better than that. So contact us, take a look at some of the, the assets we have, maybe even come and see those diamonds in person and we'll show you how this market works. A busy show today, my friend. You want to reach out, get a hold of Jeremy and the rest of the crew and start investing today. If you've not done so, very simple, one silver is that number. 
and guildhallwealth.com. This has been The Real Money Show right here on Global News Radio. You know, many investors are turning to rare assets like uh, like art, you got vintage cars, even wine to protect and grow wealth. One asset class that has seen immense returns, little to no volatility and record-breaking prices at auction, rare natural fancy colored diamonds. Guildhall Wealth offers a collection of some of the highest quality rare natural fancy colored diamonds available anywhere. Guildhall is so passionate about colored diamonds that each diamond in the collection is painstakingly selected, seriously, so that you only find a rare diamond of strong color, a great cut, high clarity. There's no guesswork when acquiring a diamond with Guildhall, just beautiful, rare, investment-grade diamonds that continue to rise in value. That's key, right? Learn more about owning a natural fancy colored diamond or even set up an appointment, as Jeremy has mentioned, to view some of Guildhall's incredible collection in person. you got to see these. You know, the diamond chooses you. You don't choose the diamond so go to guildhallwealth.com or 1-877-8-SILVER again that's guildhall uh, guildhallwealth.com or 1-877-8-SILVER and find out how a natural fancy colored diamond could work for you